Yo, 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 what's up, folks? It's episode number 15 of Fit Food Radio with me, Matt Whitmore, and I am here with, you never guess who, <laughs> Keris Marsden. How are you doing, Keris? What about if one day it's somebody else? Do you know what? I might do that one day. <laughs> We've broken up. Yeah, we split up. I've got myself a new bird. Can you imagine? <laughs> You'd have Pe- to Peter would be like, <gasps> no. And then I set up a rival podcast. <laughs> what would you call it, though? Who would get fitter food if we broke up? You could have fitter and I'd get food. That would work. So you could just be called food. Food, <laughs> food radio. Yeah. That's quite cool, if though. You're fitter radio. Can't I be food? And then we rival each other on iTunes, see who gets highest on the charts. God, you sounds like you've been thinking about <laughs> yeah. this. Your, your answer was a bit too quick for my liking. <laughs> anyway, so guys, it's episode number 15. Um, big apologies. Um, big, big gap between 14 and 15. We've been crazy busy. We've been in Mexico. We've been working hard on a new uh, project or two. And that's been taking up a big chunk of our time. But no excuse. Time management, Keris. We need to sort it out. Do you know, I think it's harder because we're a couple. So if we, um, oh, we were go. doing this, <laughs> no, if we were, yeah, <laughs> we were break up. if we were doing this podcast as like colleagues or something, we'd book it in and be really strategic. Whereas with me and you, it's like, oh, I've got time today. No, I'm doing this. You're doing that. So it just might not. I think happen. as well, our schedule is. Um, that's a really good point actually, because our schedule goes beyond. You know, normally a couple would just arrange. Uh, you know, oh, let's go out for dinner or... Things or something, we'd book it in and be really strategic. Whereas with me and you, it's like, oh, I've got time today. No, I'm doing this, you're doing that. So it just might not I think happen. as well, our schedule is... Um, that's a really good point, actually, because our schedule goes beyond... You know, normally a couple would just arrange, uh, you know, oh, let's go out for dinner or, you know, tonight we're just going to chill in and watch telly or tonight we're going to be meeting up with some friends. You know, whereas us, we have to do all of that. As well as, have you written that blog? What have you done that video yet? Yeah, you need to film me doing this. <laughs> <laughs> have you sent out the next batch of book orders? You know, we do it all. Yeah. But um, but we do need to sort it out, I think. Yeah. Time should, management. Should. We've got Log loads of guests booked, well, uh, guests lined up for a future one. So that will keep us on track because we'll have to, obviously, we got some honour awesome those guests, actually. Yeah. We've got some, um, in fact, one of the guests, um, I'll mention this now, is uh, Brad Kearns, who we've got on uh, in a couple of episodes, I believe. And we've already done his recording. This guy is awesome. Um, he works with Mark Sisson at Primal Blueprint, and he was kind of the guy we communicated with the most, I guess, wasn't it, on the uh, when they wanted to publish our book? Yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. Um, and you could just tell from his emails and when we spoke to him on the on the phone and we'd done a podcast with him for their podcast, didn't for Prime, we? For Primal, yeah. You could just tell that he was a, a really awesome guy and a bit of a character as well. And we were fortunate enough to meet him at PrimalCon in Mexico and, and he lived up to the expectations and more, didn't he? He's an incredibly knowledgeable guy. And Yeah, I know, have to admit, I didn't realise um, his history. I didn't realise he was a, um, was a triathlete, wasn't he? Yeah, he was a, he was a world-class triathlete, triathlete yeah. who, who, you know, and, and we had no idea. Like, he, <laughs> he, he really done well at keeping that under wraps. And then, I just knew about his editorial position, so I thought that's yeah. what he did. But yeah, he was, and a great speaker. Like, he, he actually Amazing spoke speaker. about... Um, being a triathlete, didn't he, and and how it sort of um, how he came to have success and and then change it, you know, change his mindset, and obviously that's the stuff he'll cover on the podcast as well. But yes, yeah, so we won't give, we won't give too, much, too much, much away. But yeah. his story is pretty fascinating, and yeah. um, it kind of ties in a lot. A lot of the stuff he said ties in a lot with the 
kind of thing that we preach, you know, especially from the holistic side of things. And, and it was quite refreshing to hear that from quite a, a very top end athlete. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and the way he listened to his body, etc. But one thing um, I would say actually about the whole of the, the Primal Convention, I suppose we should mention, is it's an event run by uh, Mark Sisson. And it's almost like it's a gathering, isn't it, of, of yeah. like minded people. And they're usually they're taking place all over the world now. And it's a combination of um, obviously there's classes based around movement and training and exercise. And then there's also um, speakers that talk about obviously nutrition. Mm-hmm. Um, but what struck me about PrimalCon is a lot of the presentations went outside of what we should be eating and um, you know moving every day because it's almost like this has already been said so many times. Yeah. There's not much more we can cover. Um, but what does need to be covered is things like why do people find it hard, so hard to stick to, um, they believe in these principles, but why are they hard, so hard to stick to? So there was some on the psychology of eating, wasn't there? Presentations mm-hmm. about that, really fascinating. And um, and just other aspects that, um, you know, I, I, I suppose I, d- I didn't think about that they, that they would necessarily be covered, like Brad covering mindset uh, and also your approach to exercise and just making that more enjoyable, um, which was covered by our pal Daryl Edwards. Um, so just a completely unique idea of, of thinking of exercise as play rather than as yeah. punishment, which is... Um, you know, absolutely amazing, and he really, really sells that concept, doesn't he? Oh God, well, he's he's fully behind the whole. I mean, the, the kind of world is your playground philosophy, and yeah. and he totally practices what he preaches. Like Daryl Edwards is a he's a guy who we met a few years ago now, wasn't it? On actually. a actually on a Jim Jones course, and anybody who doesn't know Jim Jones is um, pretty much the you know the equivalent of a yeah, it's very much. It's got a CrossFit vibe, you know, it's multidisciplined. Um, the dude who started Jim Jones is pretty damn hardcore. He was responsible for the for the guys in the 300 film, and you've heard of the 300 workout. That was from Jim Jones, and, and that's actually where we met Daryl Edwards. And it's funny because when we met him, he was very much about the heavy deadlifts, the intense training, pushing your body to the max, and he had done God knows how many courses on those kind of things. And then over the years, he's just evolved as a as an individual and, and actually realized that there's much more to, to life and movement you know that, than just lifting heavy stuff all the time and even though I do like a deadlift and a heavy squat here <laughs> and there he, his philosophy is fantastic and when you watch this guy just kind of running around jumping off benches and climbing trees and doing pull-ups and stuff it's it is really inspiring, isn't it? Definitely. And where, where he's influenced me is... Um, We're actually going to get him on the show too. Yeah, he's going on the show. Um, it's how I structure my training. So there are some days where I actually want to go for a bit of intensity, and I do. So I do sprints or I do a run or and I time myself and I push myself. Um, but there are some days where I used to do that. I used to push myself into that sort of workout every single time I would train. Yeah. Whereas now, some days I will just enter into a workout just larking about like even when we we're in Mexico some days you woke up and you were you know jet lagged and your body wasn't quite sure so I just started doing a few stretches and just a few bits of movement um I don't necessarily play in a gym because I think people might be you need you need maybe a couple of people to play as well like yeah. how Daryl suggests we do it um but I do take it so much easier on my body and just let my body feedback what what it's capable of that day maybe it's nothing maybe it's a walk maybe um so and and he's right in that you feel massive benefits from that, including strength, body composition, um, as well as mental, you know, sort of mental health as well. I think you, 
um, people think that intensity is the key to getting results physically, um, and it's just not. So, well, I think I think it depends on your goal. I mean, I think you know, from a if you want to build mass, then you know, play won't quite cut that. You know, if you ask someone who wants to put on a serious amount of muscle, yeah, then you know, there's a different way that you train. But then that's just kind of the way it is. But then equally, you're talking about intensity. I think so many people get it wrong in that, that I, I think so many people just push themselves way too hard for what their capabilities are at that time. Yeah. And and they end up actually either getting injured or not kind of meeting their targets, then getting really frustrated with themselves that they haven't done it. And then, you know, it kind of creates this really negative vibe around training when, you know, as we always say, training should always be fun, right? It should always be enjoyable. Yeah. Even when it's tough I and mean, even when you're gritting your teeth and digging deep, you know, there's still a reason why you're doing that and it should always be a positive one, I think. Yeah, I think that's one thing that we do try and coach people, don't we, about when you enter into exercise, maybe as a, as a beginner or returning to it as a, perhaps if you've dropped out for a few months yeah. or years, it's before you do it, don't just do it because this is the latest fad or trend, do something that suits you, you know. If you're a, if you're a bit of a, a thinker, I often say it needs to be more of a, a skill-based thing, um, you know, like boxing or climbing, yeah. where you've got to really think and, and the time's just going to fly by. If you're a bit of a type A person where it's all about goal setting and, and beating goals, then it's, it does tend to be things like running and triathlons because you can get all the gadgets and time yourselves and, and really try and fit exercise with your personality. And if, you, yeah. if you're more social, then it's got to be something like, for me, Zumba or dancing or... You know, like <laughs> it, do, it really does. It doesn't feel like exercise. I, I, I do that around the house all the time. Yeah, though, so do. I don't need to do that <laughs> when you're cooking. Do my own version of Zumba. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's another podcast. I'm gonna film you one day and then just put it up because no. you're not looking. <laughs> Normally, I'm naked though. So <laughs> <laughs> you blur it out. <laughs> naked cooking. <laughs> Naked Zumba cooking. I, I put, I, I, you know, that that's the real naked chef right there. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Slightly obscene. <laughs> Do you know, I was just going to say, actually, um, you know, talking about like, you know, like, like training and enjoyment and kind of doing what's right for you. I think something I'm doing at the moment, I'm, I'm actually doing a pretty much a typical bodybuilding routine, if you like, which... How many people have seen your Facebook pictures of you kissing your guns? Yeah, the old gunshot. <laughs> Where's the beach? I <laughs> know um, what's great is that I think um, there is, I suppose, there is a little bit of pressure. Sorry to interrupt you. You can carry on with your bodybuilding in a second, but there is quite a lot of pressure on me and you to prove that that eating this way really works. And for me, I think it's more to prove that eating all this fat doesn't make you fat. And for you, I think there's a bit of pressure to prove that not eating pasta and bread you can still build some size and then have yeah. a, a sort of a, a big physique and um so I suppose we should explain to the listeners you had some shots done in a gym recently and and your physique looks fantastic it, it, it's oh, very, very impressive it's funny, I think I'm the only person that never comments but that's because I see it every day it's true so, <laughs> um it's not because you're unsupportive or anything <laughs> but what was, what was interesting is is you actually um, I mean, so tell people what you did in the, in the sort of build-up to your shoot. I mean, it wasn't that dissimilar to what you normally no, do, but you I'm, just structured I'm, it a little bit differently. Well, bearing in mind, the timing was probably really bad because it was a week after Mexico, which was a, a beautiful, all-inclusive resort to where you just had food 
on tap, didn't you? Like, which for Matt is just lethal. It is I'm very just lethal. Everybody now, lethal. Even like, I just had to like just turn she, my Keris would just turn like my head away and not look. stand there and just shake her head in utter dismay at the, <laughs> the, the sheer volume of food I was eating. But I would like to say I was still maintained about eighty twenty in terms of the food choices I was eating. But I was definitely just eating way too much. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I'd say you were more 90-10. Oh, brilliant. I don't think you actually... Like, I'll go with that. 90-10 I was. It, it wasn't anything bad. It was just you did in one place order three stars and four main courses, which... Like, but... They the, were small, the admittedly. portions weren't huge, were they? But it wasn't tapas. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. But I was on holiday. Remember that. Yeah. Kind of. Actually, just to digress for one second... One thing I did notice was, um, I mean, I've never been to all-inclusive before, and you have, but wow, is it quite hard to even gauge um, portion, uh, yeah, to sort of implement portion control there, because even I struggled when you're faced at breakfast with just this mountain of piled poached eggs. Well, it's not even just that, it's, it's, it's the, it was the amount of choice. Like, yeah. I was finding that at breakfast I was having free plates, just because I wanted to try yeah. so many different things, you know. But then I found, um, so I, I find myself naturally eating more, like you. And then they had this beautiful sort of fruit salad bar, and because you're obviously in a hot country, it's, it's quite nice having fruit, yeah. a little bit refreshing with nuts and seeds and everything. So it was all healthy, but I found myself eating um, just bigger meals. But actually, more some than of, you normally would. Some of the people we spoke to there, because Matt and I were also on hand to chat with the guests of PrimalCon yeah. and help them with their own. Um, questions and we got a lot about fat loss didn't we yeah um and some of the people um you could tell that portion control was a genuine issue um and when they were looking at, and even i noticed some of the more um some people i had breakfast with i looked at their portion size and thought wow they're actually sticking as if they're within the portions that they would have had at home you know very sort of um you know even though there's all this abundance of food here i'm just going to stick with my two eggs one slice of bacon, you know, half an avocado, yeah. whereas everybody else looked like it was like the, the last supper. Yeah, it was um, a plate, half Yeah, pie. and it does, and it it I suppose, it just got me thinking quite a bit that with a lot of people, and actually Mark Sisson did speak about this and said, just because these foods are healthy, it doesn't mean that we need to, you know, sort of go out of control. And there's so much to be said for that 80% fall at the end of a meal and Take a look at your plate and is well, it just piled well, That's high? normally like one of the biggest issues we have with clients, isn't it? Is yeah. that even though they do take on healthier eating habits um, and make better food choices, their portion sizes are still pretty huge. Yeah. You know, because don't get me wrong, I mean, you know, carbs, especially like in an initial phase when we might drop people's carbs down a little bit, you know, they then just re replace it with a massive protein. Yeah. Where we would much rather than replace it with some more vegetables, more salad, more fats. Yeah. Yeah, and they also just the, see a the, mountain of protein on their plate. The type of protein. So a lot of people were asking me, um, you know, why am I not losing weight? And I said, what, what's a typical meal? And it was all, always like bacon and eggs for breakfast, um, steak for dinner. Like you said, so probably a bit too much protein for my liking. And also, um, it's all protein that's going to be um, obviously like, you know, fried or, or sort of um, high temperature cooked. Yeah. Some of them were more sort of omega-6 um, heavy hardly any mention of things like fish and then as you said the vegetables and the um you know the bits that we try and encourage people to get that sort of healthy looking plate and also carbs were missing from a lot of people's yeah. nutrition um and some of them were, were quite active and i was sort of suggesting because i think don't get me wrong primal have totally got it in that it is all about increasing fats uh, for some people i think they often try and mimic um what someone else is doing 
And, you know, I think Mark Sisson in particular talks about he's very high fat um, mm-hmm. and very low carb. But then you look at his lifestyle and it's very sort of conducive to that. He's not doing six CrossFit sessions a week either. But uh, that, that's the thing people miss, don't they? Yeah, because, yeah. like, I mean, we'll, we'll get onto this in a second because um, what we wanted to do was actually, we, we haven't got any questions for this episode. We just wanted to actually talk a little bit about Primal Con and all the speakers that were there because a lot of them raised some really awesome points, didn't they? Yeah. Um, stuff that completely ties in with what we do and what we feel passionate about. And we'll, we will, of course, talk about the legend Mark Sisson because his approach to training and nutrition is is amazing. But a lot of people, you know, the amount of times, how many times did someone say, oh, but that's what Mark Sisson does, that's what Mark Sisson yeah, does. Yeah. And, and like you said, yeah, but the lifestyle Mark Sisson leads is very different to the lifestyle you lead. You know, he's not stuck at a desk for 10, 12 hours a day, you know. But it might be, but if he is, he's standing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly, <laughs> exactly, but... um. We'll explain a bit more about standing desks in a second as well. Oh, God. <laughs> so oh. much to talk about. Going back to my point about the bodybuilding. Okay, yeah, yeah. So the, what I wanted to say was, is that my training very much at the moment is bodybuilding based. It's very much body split. See, I might, I might go and do chest and back one day, legs another day, shoulders and arms another, and then like a second leg session. Um, and with that, I'll kind of throw in some intervals as well. That's how I used to train when I was younger, when I was a teenager, because that was kind of all I knew. You know, I'd buy Flex magazine and stuff like that, and I'd do the body split routine, and I used to enjoy it, and then I got really bored of it. I just found it really repetitive, training like one or two muscle groups, and then started to move over to the more like full body type training, you know, and the bigger compound lifts and like deadlifts, squats, benching, cleans, jerks, you know, some of the Olympic lifts. Got into my kettlebells, you know, and my training was very much high intensity and it tied in well with my rugby, etc. Um, but then, as you know, um, I had a really bad shoulder injury. I had a shoulder operation. We were just talking the other day, weren't we? That was a year and a half ago now. I can't believe it. Um, and what, my shoulder is almost there. It's almost where it was. Um, so I'd say it's about 90% now. But I've, I've just found that when I try to go a bit too heavy too soon or go a, a bit too intense with overhead movements, etc., uh, my shoulder didn't like it, so I decided to rein it in and just follow a body bodybuilding routine because I knew it was lower intensity. I knew that I didn't have to go as crazy with the load because a bigger focus was the time under tension, so the speed of the reps was nice and slow, um, so I could really isolate the muscle. And it was nice because I felt like I felt like I wasn't really having to think so much about my workouts. I was going to the gym and training because I loved training. You know, it wasn't. And there'd been an element of structure, of course, but it took the stress away for me. And it was so nice to be able to be like, wow, I've trained five times this week and it's not once felt like a chore. I've still pushed myself. I still feel good. I'm still getting stronger. But there's not that pressure in my head to absolutely kick my ass and go to town and, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, with a full body like beasted session and, and whatnot. And, don't get me wrong, I do intend on doing that again because I love it. <laughs> but just for now, the phase I'm in is a, is a bodybuilding phase and, 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 and I'm enjoying it. And, and what, what, what have you been doing nutritionally? As if I don't know. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. That's See it. you, you every day. <laughs> I mean, um, I, I actually, I keep my fats quite high. Um, generally, that just works really well for me. Um, I do need my carbs though, as everybody does. Um but for me, I just need to make sure I keep it in check. You know, I might do two days where I keep the carbs really low and keep my fats really high, and then I might have a bit of a carb feed. 
Um, sometimes I might go a little bit longer depending on the nature of my training. Um, however, the timing of the all-inclusive trip was literally one week before this shoot I was having. Um, just to clarify, I had the shoot done for a for my own kind of like a purpose. I wanted to I wanted to see how I looked. You know, I wanted to you know it was a good marker of progress for me. It was something that I've never ever done before. Um, and also, I wanted to get some shots for you know that we could use for promotional purposes, like Kerry said, to show that. We practice what we preach, both in and out of the gym, um, you know. And we wanted people to see that. Um, we've got some really awesome projects coming up as well, so the images will be uh, very much suited to that. Also, I'm trying to talk Keris into getting one done as well. <laughs> she's having none, none of it. Um, so basically, I got back from the all inclusive, and all I done was is I dropped my carbs right down. I'd say they were about 30, 40 grams of carbs a day. Um, however, I mean, I don't know if you saw on the Fit Food page, I was still eating so much awesome food. Yeah. You know, I was keeping my fats high. I was having about four to six uh, tablespoons of MCT oil a day. Um, so just to explain to people, that's uh, medium chain triglyceride oil, which is almost like a very concentrated form of coconut oil. Yeah that doesn't taste of anything and it's been it doesn't even taste that oily either it's really bizarre it's not unpleasant at all i know it's, it's used um it's actually advertised on amazon as a i think it's advertised as like a fat loss it even mm. says it on the bottle doesn't it, fat, it says on the bottle yes yeah. um, and it can be really really helpful and i often um suggest people use it as a way of what matt was essentially doing was ketogenic um yeah. a ketogenic diet so using using fat as a source of energy but Ketogenic can be, um, as most people remember from Atkins, where he used to suggest 10 grams of carbohydrates, which is, is nothing. And those sort of, um, one thing that people have suggested about that is it's not that healthful, obviously, to because you're dropping out a lot of plant foods yeah. and, and highly nutritious there, there foods wasn't, and there, wasn't, there was very little, you know, very little vegetables and no, stuff. No, but, you know? but you were able to do it by, the more you add the MCT oil yeah. in, the more you can get into ketosis because you're almost flooding the body with fats. Yeah. So it will naturally start to use them for energy and that allows you to have a little bit more vegetables than, than well, say, yeah, Atkins would Because well, my carbs were coming purely from like green leafy vegetables and... You know, like a bit of broccoli and, and stuff like that. So I was still getting <laughs> and some ninety two percent chocolate. Well, this is the thing. So I had a bit of ninety two percent chocolate, but it's it had like it had a, and I ate the whole bar. <laughs> it's ten but, grams of sugar. But it was slightly less than it's. It's only eighty gram bar because it's a bit thinner the chocolate. And we worked it out. It had less than ten grams of carbs in. Yeah. And I, so I was. Boom, put it down there. <laughs> Just still within my greens and chocolate still within my diet. macros, man. <laughs> um, yeah, so I kept the carbs low, the fats really high. Um, still eating plenty of food. I was training pretty much as I normally would train. I didn't really ch change too much. Um, but I think one thing that we should mention to listeners is over the years, both of us have changed macronutrients, so fats, carbs, and proteins, quite a lot. Yeah, and experimented, and you definitely start to come to the conclusion that. High fat works for yeah. you, maybe a bit more like carb cycling. Uh, yeah. One because portion size for you is sometimes. Well, I would say like <laughs> it's it's easy to eat a lot of carbs. Yeah, it's yeah. not easy to eat a lot of fat. Yeah, you know. So, I used to be out of control with carbs. You know, it used to be I used to be crazy. Yeah, you know. And whilst I've never had a body composition issue, I used to, as I've mentioned in the past, you know, like my energy was lackluster. I always looked puffy in the face, which yeah. was really weird because it was like I had a 
chubby man's face and then like a lean man's body it was mm. very odd and I, I used to hate it when I used to see like a photo of my big guy hamster cheeks and digestively you always seemed to yeah, get it was, sort of it was, bloating it, it, it and was things naughty. like that yeah. it was terrible but yeah so here's the thing like for this photo shoot there was no deprivation there was no depletion there was you know at no point did I feel bad did I feel like I wasn't fueling my body I felt awesome I was training you know I trained like about I got about five workouts in that week but and I was full of energy I felt great but a big focus for me was was sleep I, I made sleep I mean I make, I make sleep a priority as much as I can but this week I was making sleep like a super priority wasn't I, I was like yeah. I was going to bed really early um you know like you know some nights like about nine o'clock um, and God, I felt amazing for it. I'd wake up in the morning full of energy, training was going well, and you know, and, and I didn't really think too much about the photo shoot because for me, it was about getting, showing people, you know, that you know that's how you can look just with a bit of consistency. You don't have to do anything out of the ordinary in order to get good results. Like, so I didn't want to treat that photo shoot as, oh, let me train two or three times a day you know, reduce my calories right down and Yeah, do I've heard of, um, I remember one trainer who's actually, uh, you know, quite a professional, you know, very successful trainer saying to me, all he does when it's leading up to a photo shoot is just drink pro protein shakes all week. And right. I felt a little bit, um, you know, disappointed almost because I thought his physique came from, from knowledge, from, you know, from implementing... Um, nutritional strategies and training strategies and he literally said just protein shakes all week nothing but well of course anyone would look good not not good necessarily but anyone's going to drop size and lean up having that but it's not sustainable so after the photo shoot but that's the thing like, then, you know, so after the photo shoot I, I just there was it was no biggie no, because no, it was a bit like well, thing, essentially. whatever all I did was have a couple of uh, carb days and, and that was that and it was just you know back back to normal but I mean, the other thing that was great about going to Mexico was um, meeting a lot of primal authors, um, people that I followed in the, um, you know, for years, in fact, and read their work and stuff and actually getting to chat with them. And my favorite questions are always things like, well, what do you do? How do you train? And what do you eat for breakfast? And obviously we got to see what most people would have chosen yeah. for breakfast. Um, but the one that everyone wanted to know was what does Mark Sisson do? Do you know? Because yeah. he's the guy with the the twelve pack. At, uh, you know, is he sixty? I think he's sixty one, and this dude's got like a an eight pack. Yeah. He's ripped. Just just Google him and, and have a look. And he often has to post a picture of himself with a daily paper to prove that he still looks, still like, looks that. like that. But we can vouch he definitely, he definitely still does. looks like that. And he'd be by the pool in the day. But again, what, what was fascinating for me was. Um, whilst everybody else was hitting the classes um, in the gym in the morning, there was some CrossFitters there, and you'd see them in the gym doing their dumbbell snatches. You know, Mark Sisson, I chatted with him and said, have you done any training since you've been here? And he was like, you know, one one session of intervals on the bike, I said, that'll, that'll keep me ticking over until I get home. So we were there, he must have been there for about seven days, I suppose, in total. Yeah. And the rest of it, I like, don't get me wrong, he was always walking around, but he wasn't hiking, you know, it wasn't like power walking around the resort or anything. He was quite active in that he was just on his feet. And I, uh, he intermittent fasted, didn't he? I only ever saw it. He, had, he said he had coffees every morning. That was it. Yeah. Strong coffee in the morning. Um, and just, I think he just exercises moderation in everything. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like glass of red wine and steak for dinner. Um, 
and just seems to obviously that's the right formula for him but yeah. it just again goes to show that it's not about um x amount of sessions in the gym and um you know zero carbs or whatever he just you know he just exercises what you know like i said just it wouldn't look that dissimilar i think it's salad for lunch um and then steak and vegetables for dinner it wouldn't it's not that dissimilar to what most people would you know mediterranean diet for example yeah. Well, he, well, he's obviously had, you know, he's been doing this a long time. He, he kind of knows what works for him Definitely, and clearly yeah. it does, you know. And I suppose we should give a little bit of advice because somebody else asked us um, this week, didn't they, about how exactly they start off tailoring protein carbs and fats. And I mean, the first point we made was um, that there is a bit of a difference, we feel, between men and women. Um, and we we possibly because women have a bit of an emotional attachment to food mm-hmm. um, and have tried so many things um, and have a lot of, of sort of opinions and things that they need to, well, not opinions, um, sorry, sorry, but beliefs and things that yeah. they're, they're absolutely convinced by, like too much fat will make them fat. And um, now it might be carbohydrates are, are making them fat or carbohydrates in the evening are making them fat. And um, and we often have to sort of explain that it's just there's so there's so little truth to most of those those sort of statements, and and to, and again because you're so different to the person next to you, don't bother trying to to mirror or copy what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the place I suggested most people start with macronutrients is, and again, this is some of the people at Primal who asked me, was um, kick off with protein if it's fat loss, and and protein should probably sit at about twenty five percent of your total calorie intake. And if you don't know what that looks like, you can enter your meals into something like my fitness pal, can't you? And, and yeah. see the calories that are in there. Gives you a bit of a rough idea, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, or just keep it simple, like Moxison does. Just a, um, you know, a palm or a palm and a half size protein serving a protein at a meal is going to yield um, anywhere between sort of um, 20, 25 grams. So that three times a day plus maybe a protein based snack um, is, is always a good start. And then next, look at um, carbohydrates. And what we tend to say is in a fat loss phase, sort of sitting at around 20% of, of total calorie intake. Um, if you're training, you might need to creep that a little bit higher. Um, and if you are not getting any results and quite sort of an apple shape, so we might have what we call insulin resistance going on, then taking it down to about 10% of total calorie intake for very short periods and working on your insulin sensitivity with things like cinnamon on your foods, drinking green tea, a bit of exercise in there if you're not already, lots of daily walks. Yeah. And then recently I was just reading about things like obviously vinegar and lemon juice on your meals can help lower the impact on uh, blood sugar as well. So getting some of that in there. Um, and then the last one is fat. And if you think about it, if you're doing about 25% protein for fat loss and about say 20% carbohydrates, it's yeah. going to leave you with that 55% of fat for so yeah. the rest of your calories. And then the next question we often get is how many total calories in a day? which again is a very difficult question to ask because we need to know things like your activity levels, uh-huh. your age. But I think the most sensible thing to do is tap in what you're doing now, see what see calorie intake and, and, and um, adjust the macronutrients. And if fat loss isn't happening, maybe just creep it down a little bit. Um, so maybe create that deficit slightly. So if you're sitting at 2,000 calories, for example, as a woman, mm-hmm. and you know you adapt it to those macronutrients, so you make it 55% fat, 25% protein, um, 20% carbs and nothing happens then maybe just creep the calories slightly but understand that you don't need to take it down to like 1000 calories or anything 1, 000, that's yeah. not going to get you results at all it's just a tiny deficit we need to find a little sweet spot 
because some of the conversation I was having, I think, because naturally when we were there as because we were there as presenters, so we were teaching our classes in the morning on the beach, which what a way to start your day, right? Yeah, you know, teaching classes on the beach in, in beautiful weather. Uh, I must remember to apply sunscreen next time. <laughs> saw the picture on Facebook, but um, between that and the seminars and the lectures in the afternoon, we were just there mingling and, and chatting with people. And the women would tend to migrate to you, yeah. and the men would migrate to me. And and it was very interesting. The, a lot of conversations you have with people, and this is typical. This is universal. You know, everybody does it. I mean, I've done it. I've done it for a spell. And when you talk to people who have been doing the same thing for so long without getting results, yeah. yet still haven't changed it, but in their head they're still convinced that you know it's going to work. And don't get me wrong, you do need to give things time. But when someone's been doing the same thing for a year or longer both on a nutrition or a training front, with no progression or change, something needs to switch on, some light bulb needs to start flashing, yeah. that you need to change something. And like you said, it could be so subtle. You know, It could be, well, maybe if I just drop my carbs a little bit and raise my fats, or maybe if I added a, a few walks in there as well, you know, yeah. that would help. But um, Another interesting point. <clears throat> uh, I actually asked, I tested you. I said, what, would you, what advice would you have given to this individual? But... Um, one young lady, absolutely fantastic, um, um, really great girl, and we were having this chat, and I think before she was serial and a runner, was happy with her body composition, went to Primal because her husband did, and she fully believed in it and could understand why this was a more nutritious, healthy way of living, but a change to um, eggs, sort of a bit more high-fat based, and um, stopped the running because obviously chronic cardio is bad for us. And was gaining weight. And so for me, I said to you, what, what do you think the two fundamental changes were? And I'm very, very stressed about this as well, because it was in this environment where everyone was raving about this way of eating and living, but she wasn't feeling that great in it yeah. and could not understand it. And I sort of highlighted to her, well, you've gone from, you know, like a high carbohydrate model, which could have worked for you. You know, some people do really well on, yeah. on carbohydrates. They've got great insulin well, you, you sensitivity. Do, you, you do better on a high-carb diet. I actually think women generally do yeah. um, and, uh, you know, uh, need those carbohydrates for various things. But for the thyroid, the thyroid mm -hmm. needs carbohydrates to convert inactive thyroid hormone into active. So some people go so, they, they, they throw out the carbs, they think paleo primal is low carbohydrate. And it is low-er <laughs> It's low -er carbohydrate. Um, but it's just essentially not the cereal, the bread... Um, you know, the pasta. So actually, you know, I sort of said to her, maybe switching to more of a, um, getting some fruit into your breakfast. Single ingredient foods. Yeah, so throw some potatoes into your, your morning omelette. Um, actually, her calories were really low and we totted it up. I said, wow, you, you've gone really low. Yeah. So again, thyroid might be struggling and maybe your body likes endurance exercise. Uh, it doesn't have to be running, but there is nothing wrong with running. You know, I run. And just because somebody has stood up and said, perhaps chronic cardio isn't that good for us, there's a difference between doing triathlons and doing a couple of 30 minute runs a week. So it's a, a, a you know, it's about testing. And if you love that and you love getting out, you know, and, yeah. and, and sort of pounding the pavements for half an hour and your joints are all right and your energy levels are all right, then absolutely go for it. Go I for think it. there's so much sort of prescriptiveness sometimes. Yeah. That it's this way and it's that way and that works that people are forgetting that before they came across this movement, they had a formula that was working for them. And just to t tweak it and, and tailor it is, is just about, for me, making sure the foods are the most nutritious. But it doesn't mean you have to change the, the macronutrient as, as such. So like I said, and recently, as I've started doing a little bit of running again, because I love running, um, and I don't run like I used to, 
Uh, I keep it sensible. I keep the distances shorter, and I support it with loads of bone broth and things for joints because mm-hmm. I know, um, obviously, it's an impact and it's an impact sport. Sport, it's not really a sport. I go jogging, <laughs> but you know, it's impact training. Yeah, you're an athlete. Yeah, yeah. But what I noticed was um, just bringing things like um, coconut water, bananas, um, some white rice, either the night before or just after the session. Obviously, potatoes. I'm loving new potatoes at the moment. Actually, because I think you can go through phases of getting bored of sweet potatoes and things as well. Definitely, I've sort of gone through a phase of. Yeah, not, I, I went through a phase. Actually, <laughs> stop doing like, it for me. Yeah. So I've actually found. Boiling up new potatoes and uh, having them with balsamic vinegar is just amazing. Mm, I'm um, yet to try that. And another point I'm going to make about carbs, because I've just been um, doing some reading at the moment, is there is so much emphasis on the way you cook your carbohydrates and mm-hmm. how that affects how the body deals with them. And again, we've mentioned this before, but slow baking and, and baking and roasting for hours and hours, you know this, makes carbohydrates like potatoes very sugary. Um, squash for example becomes very sweet so the glycemic index of the food and or the effect it has on your blood sugar yeah um, tends to get higher and higher and higher uh, and obviously the more a grain is or carbohydrate is processed does the same thing so for example puffed rice or rice cakes has double the um, gi of something like actual just boiled rice so where possible if you boil or steam um, the vegetables and then obviously add fats when you're eating them and vinegar it has um, a completely different fe- effect on your body. But that's nice though. Like when you, um, like, you know, if when we some steam some potatoes and then when they're done, just melt over some butter. Some butter. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Absolutely amazing. Sprinkle some fresh herbs on there. So that, oh. maybe that's why oh. traditionally the Brits always have salt and vinegar on chips. It's to make it healthy. I you doubt it. <laughs> I, I very much maybe. doubt it. But <laughs> you, you look into that. Okay. <laughs> that could be for the next podcast. Okay. It could be like a, Why do we an have amazing so discovery. <laughs> it actually started out as a, as a healthy thing. I've just realised we've just been chat, chat, chatting, and we haven't even... Like, we've got a load of stuff written down here that we were going to cover. And we, we haven't even started, but I suppose that's our fault for leaving it so long between podcasts, and we're just so excited. And Well, okay, so we say on the next one, we will cover some pre- and post-workout information that we picked up over there yeah. from, from some high-fat athletes. Yeah, so maybe you're right. Let's do these on the next episode. Um, so sorry, guys. We ended up just getting a bit carried away and having a good old natter. But like I said, it's been a it's been a while, and we you know we were dead excited. Um, but you know everybody like Daryl, John Duran, Bing, uh, Ben Greenfeld. Um, you know, I've got some awesome information um, that we can talk about on the next podcast. I think and yeah. dedicate a whole podcast to it because it was really awesome. You know, John Duran was big on. Uh, you know, creating the right habitat for you to thrive. Ben Green is Greenfield, my bad, not Greenfield. Um, he's an endurance athlete and he talks about, you know, uh, thriving as an endurance athlete but on a high-fat diet. Um, talks about tips on how to beat jet lag, which is always a biggie, and some awesome info on pre-post-workout nutrition. Um, and there was also, you wanted to do some stuff on acid alkaline, didn't you? Uh, yeah, we had a question. Um, we'll cover it on the next episode, but it was just yeah. about the acid alkaline diet. So I was just awesome. going to clear up a few um, myths surrounding that. Brilliant. Okay, guys. So thank you so much for listening once again. Um, sorry if we were, it was just a bit of a, a natter this episode, but hey ho, I hope you enjoyed it nonetheless and got some value from it. We will see you over in episode 16. Um, we will be more organised. You have our word, our promise right now, and these podcasts will come out at least once a week, but we're going to aim for twice a week. Um, 